This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie Fugit. I'm Sam Fugit. I'm Josh Fugit. And on our inaugural episode, we are discussing 2013's Batman, Volume 1, The Court of Owls. This was Sam's choice. Uh, Sam, why on earth did you pick The Court of Owls? Uh, I chose The uh, Court of Owls because I've always been a Batman fan. Love Batman. And uh, hadn't read it in years. And then Jamie told me I'll check this one out, and I did. You know, I thought all the other ones were good I read before, but this one was really great. And it just it caught my attention and made me a Batman fan even more. I think he's my favorite comic hero now. And that, that's why I chose Court of Owls. Even over Wolverine? Surprisingly, yes, over Wolverine. I, I'm, wow. I'm totally Batman right now. Yeah, if you subscribe to this show, you're probably going to catch a lot of Batman and Wolverine coming from Sam's choices. <laughs> That's a true statement. And the the design of the show is is that each uh, each episode we're going to go through a rotation of one of us having complete freedom to pick any graphic novel they want. And so it was Sam's choice this week, and I think he picked a good one. Um, but one of the things we're going to do on every episode is we're going to read the comicsology summary to, to give a, an idea of what the story's about. We're not going to go page by page, but we're going to give a breakdown of the story. And so we're going to hopefully enjoy the comicsology summary. Some weeks we're going to mock the comicsology summary. Some are better than others. And so this uh, for Batman Court of Owls, here's how the comicsology summary goes. After a series of brutal murders rocks Gotham City, Batman begins to realize that perhaps these crimes go far deeper than appearances suggest. As the caped crusader begins to unravel this deadly mystery, he discovers a conspiracy going back to his youth and beyond to the origins of the city he's sworn to protect. Could the Court of Owls, once thought to be nothing more than an urban legend, be behind the crime and corruption? Or is Bruce Wayne losing his grip on sanity and falling prey to the pressures of his war on crime? What do you think? Is it a good one? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it gives a good general overview. I didn't catch much like sanity questioning from the story, though. Uh, when he was in the Lambert, when he yeah. was captured by the Court Owls, there was a lot going on there where I thought he was going crazy. Well, I thought he was just hallucinating from like you know like, uh, water, you know water dehydration. He was just you know refusing to drink the water, and he was pretty sure their water was drugged too. So I mean, I, yeah. I was pretty sure he was hallucinating pretty hard, but. Yeah, but that's that's part of being insane. Uh, that was a pretty good one. Um, so the next segment on our show is our Batman grades. And um, now the Batman grades is we're going to give a, a rating scale based on the quality of actors who have played Batman in live action movies. And so we narrowed it down to six. And from top to bottom, they are Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Adam West, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney, with Bale being the best and Clooney being the worst. So, Sam, this is your choice. What do you give Batman the Court of Owls? I wanted to give it a Bale. I really did. But the way it ended, I gave it an Affleck. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, if you, if you take it as a standalone, it, it kind of leaves it unfinished. Yeah. That's why. That's the only reason I gave it an Affleck instead of a Bale. All right. Josh, what do you got? No, I went straight Christian Bale on this thing. It, it had me hooked. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm going Bale on it, too. Um, and it, 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 this is one of those times where having a, you know, the, a serialized you know, monthly comic book get collected in a trade 
you know, and become a great, and what's not originally a graphic novel. Sometimes those kind of can leave you hanging like that and not feel like a complete story. Um, but man, it makes you want to read the next one, doesn't it? It really does. I was yeah. What what happened to me is I done my initial read through and typically was I read the entire thing just to read it. And then I go back and I take my notes and I, and I look for stuff. I read this thing probably four times because every time I would go on my read, my reread, I would end up just getting sucked in and I would be, you know, 15, 20 pages and I hadn't took a single note. It just kept dragging <laughs> me back in. You know, I was like, it was so good. I just kept rereading it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to be uh, taking notes on this. And I kept getting lost in the story, man. It had me. What from the very opening to the very end, I mean, it, it comes out swinging. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. And, and once he gets down in that labyrinth, though, man, I, I you can't stop reading. You can <laughs> for sure. Well, was y'all loaded upside down when using the labyrinth? Well, we're gonna let's go. Let's get to that in our next segment where we do our review categories, the um, graphically novel pyramid, so to speak. Um, we, as we have, as we thought about how to evaluate graphic novels, we decided there were three elements in a modern graphic novel that had to be there. You got to have a story, you got to have art, and you've got to have memorable characters. And so the first thing is uh, story. And I got to say, after reading this again, this is my favorite Batman story. Um, I know the same you said it was in your top three. What were your other uh, other ones in your top three? Uh, the Black Mirror, still one of my favorites. And then the, <clears throat> the Halloween one. Oh, uh, the Long Halloween? The, the Longest Halloween, yeah, Long Halloween. Yeah, that's that, a good one. That's still one of my favorites. So, uh, Josh, I know this is no Cowboys of Moo Mesa, but um, it's not. What, what did you think of the story? Uh, I really liked it. I, Sam is definitely the Batman guy. So this is actually the first run of Batmans that I've read in probably, I don't know, 20 years. So it's probably my favorite Batman story at the moment. Uh, <laughs> a lot of no, I really liked it. Uh, man, I kept getting a vibe on this, uh, which this a little bit kind of ties in with the character. But I kept getting a, a vibe on the story that Batman is who is the real person and Bruce Wayne is kind of the mask that he puts on. Because there were so many times throughout the story where you see him doing stuff as Bruce Wayne. I'm like, no, that's Batman. He's just not wearing the suit. So I felt like the story really is just a Batman story. And, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne's in it, but it's really not about him at all. Yeah, and um, I, th I think you get that vibe through all of Scott Snyder's run. I I've read pretty deep into the, the Snyder Capullo run on Batman, and you get that, that vibe pretty hard from it from that but really yeah um but uh and so I, I like that there was this creepy story going on like it's not it's like it's like batman as a horror movie or something and that's <laughs> and it's not really what i usually think of when i think of batman and i, I just like that different kind of like like, like like they're slipping batman into a different genre almost yeah <clears throat> i like that it started out with uh in the very beginning like in the first ten pages, he's fighting all these old villains. He just yeah. knocks them out real quick, and then it brings in this new villain. <clears throat> it's a fight for Gotham. It was pretty much what it's all about. And then that—that's something I would say is different than normal. Normally, it's just like him versus whoever, but this one's like who's going to control Gotham. That's what I liked about it. It's more of a fight for the city. Yeah. And I like too because we normally like the and the of modern Batman stories. You have that sort of like all-knowing, you know, omniscient Batman who knows everything and is like fourteen plans for every eventuality. And this 
that kind of undermines that here. Like Batman doesn't know what's going on. And there's things even in his own city that are underneath him that he doesn't even see and doesn't understand. His own buildings. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what you're saying, Batman's actually fallible. He can make mistakes. Yeah. And he pays for (laughs) them. Oh yeah. He pays hard on these. Yeah. He really did. And he was in, I'll say disbelief that the, the court of owls even existed right up yeah. to the very end. Like he kept denying it. Like, I mean, that's what was really cool about it. And that would be kind of a story nitpick for me. We never see the moment where he completely gets it. I'm sure it was, I mean, I'm, well, I guess we're supposed to believe like at some point down in the labyrinth that he realizes like, it's not just, you know, in his mind and it's not just hallucinating that it's not just legend. It's real. It's real. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to have seen like a single moment where like, that's an extra thing that's, that's horrifying to him. It's like, oh my gosh, I was wrong. The real. I, I I think they did have that in the in the story, and it's when he finds all their layers and spread out through the buildings because he he calls Alfred and talks to him. He's like, hey, I need you to pull up all the blueprints for the last 150 years, whatever, and look for this place in the building between 12 and 13 uh, floor, and that's where he finds all their all their layers. Yeah, and he he realizes then that they've been controlling Gotham for. Was it 400 years, whatever they said it was? Yeah, hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. All right, was there anything else on story before we move on to uh, art? Yes. Okay. Now, one of my questions about the story was, <clears throat> as long as he's been training Robin and all the stuff he's done with Robin, he's never took him to the dentist to see that tooth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, has he not been punched in the mouth? Has he not done an x-ray on this guy's head? I mean, how do they not see this big owl in his tooth? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like... In fact, because it, it, it punches him, it falls out, and it's a big glaring thing on top of his tooth. Like you never been in nothing hard and realize there's something on your tooth. <laughs> I'm going to guess since they're vigilantes working outside of the law, they don't really go to the hospital. I'm sure Alfred does all the patching up. So okay, is Alfred blind? Did he not see that tooth? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's like I never lost his teeth. So yeah. and then I have one more question. Okay, when he's in the, the labyrinth and he's a uh, hallucinating. And he's seeing all this weird stuff that's happening. And then the court owls show up. And then they're like creatures. Like the people are like part owl or whatever. Was that real? Or did he just see that? Because like in the pictures, when they're in the, the layers, they're just normal people wearing the mask. So Yeah, but, I wondered about that. Like maybe they've been down there so long and not come to the service, they've started mutating or something. I'm pretty sure that was all hallucinations. See, that's what I yeah. was confused. I thought there's it was hallucinating too. But I wasn't to show them wearing just the masks where they're not. Yeah. Because some of that, he's part back, and that's not yeah. real. I'm assuming all of that transfiguration stuff was all in his head. Well, and, and, and there's turn into now. Yeah, and there's, there's one. Um, and there's one line of dialogue where he's in the. Um, uh, in that the room that has the fountain in it, and he says that the water's probably drugged. Right. So I'm, I'm guessing he was. But so between you know dehydration and refusing to drink that, and what little he drank, that between hallucinations and being drugged, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was just seeing stuff. Yeah. So they never really made that clear either. Right. And then uh, I'm gonna make one more point on a story, Jamie. I know we want to move on. Uh, I thought it was kind of uh, symbolic when they were fighting in the labyrinth and. Uh, they bust through the wall and they're in that miniature mock Gotham City and they're going around just destroying the city. I thought that was pretty representative of how Batman, a lot of times when he's fighting these villains, ends up just destroying the city, you know, trying to save it. Like he's he's a larger than life character. And I thought that was just a good symbolism to show that, you know, 
he's this giant character and uh he has what he does has ramifications quite a bit and he doesn't realize it yeah and it's you know kind of he's focused on the villain and not really realizing some of the collateral damage that happens around him yeah i want to move can we move move on to the art now Yeah. yeah okay so on the art i love the art here but man capullo draws weird chins (laughs) (laughs) especially when he's not in batman when he's like just doing regular people like when he's bruce wayne then the guys running for mayor yeah their their tins are like they're out there yeah and i'm like i said i love the art and it's really dynamic and the fight scenes all look really you know intense but another thing i thought was kind of a flaw in the art is all of the faces look the same like all the ladies have the same face and all the dudes have the same face unless you're an old british guy that's my but, first note on the art is that Bruce Wayne and Lincoln March look identical. They really do. I, just start, I, mean, I had to start like, okay, who's wearing which shirt? Like I had to start paying attention to the clothes <laughs> to know which guy was which. You got to pay attention to the dialogue to see who's talking. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's shorter. That's the way you can tell it apart. <laughs> but on the, on the art, I really like it. It's like it's really seamless all the way through the whole the whole novel. But when it gets to the end, when he's in the labyrinth, again, back to that, he's hallucinating. You can tell the art starts changing with the way he's perceiving things. And I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the pages turning, um, which is kind of hard to read on a tablet or a phone. Yeah, you can't uh, ever make it right side up. Yeah, I had to um, I had to uh, turn off the auto like page turn on my thing and just you know turn it you know physically. You know, now I wonder if they've done that because he was in the labyrinth and it was supposed to be. Uh, upside down. I wonder if the comic was that way. The actual, yeah, the physical comic was upside down. I think it was, and I think it was to highlight that, like, the labyrinth is weird. That it's weird. weird. He, yeah, that that's he, what I was getting at. Yeah. That he's hallucinating, you know. But I, I think he's. I think he was really good. I mean, I, I like the art all the way through, but I think that labyrinth section was where he really shone. Like the way he drew the owls and the way he drew, yeah. you know, Batman slowly turning into a bat and then looking like an owl sometimes too, like part bat and part owl. I mean, it was really creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. he had that super expressive uh one eye showing out of his mask where his mask was all jacked up and they kept showing you know they kept drawing the close-up of that one bloodshot veiny eye yeah you know, that really was just like yeah he's he's having some problems down there in that labyrinth <laughs> and, it, and it was one of those things that, like you know batman's always under control and it had that one big staring eye always that, that constant reminder batman's not in control right and the, the farther it went into Labyrinth, the worse his eye got. And you could see the madness in his eye. That's how good the art was. You could actually see him going crazy. Yeah. yeah. I've, like I said, I've got some nitpicks. But, man, the art was great. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, just seeing him going crazy in the Labyrinth was really offset by earlier on when he's riding his bat cycle off the top of a train into a oncoming helicopter while on the phone talking to Alfred about making plans <laughs> like this is a dude that's on top of stuff. You know, he, he don't really get shaken that much. And then he's down there in that labyrinth just losing it. You know, really yeah. I think that really had some good contrast to it. All right, on to the third corner of the graphically novel triangle. We've got our characters. And the character list is here is pretty thin. It's basically just Batman and a bunch of owls. Um But one thing I thought was a little weird, I don't know if y'all noticed this or not. But it seemed like like Nightwing and Batman were just bickering the whole time. Family, it's like <laughs> brothers. I, you know, it's really what I thought of. You know, <laughs> they've been around each other so long, they know the buttons to push. You know, and, and they did, and it, and that's how it is in all the comics. So Nightwing's kind of over being the Robin. He wants to be his own person. Yeah. And he tells 
Batman how it is and how he really thinks and how he feels. And he's the only person that does that. And I like that. Yeah, but when um when he like that tooth you mentioned earlier, did Batman have to punch it out of his face? Was there an easier way to get that out? There was an easier way, but <laughs> at that time that he's been through all that stuff, I, I mean, yeah, he could have like, yeah, I could have pulled that, but I wanted to hit That's, you. That that Alfred. was also that was a double double purpose punch. Get the tooth out <laughs> and stop back talking me. Well, sometimes you gotta take drastic measures with little brothers. <laughs> That's true. But you know, for the the, the the cast of characters, I think they've done really good. Like you said, with the the slim cast I actually had, I think they've done really good with the cast. Because I mean, they gave you that the mayor was it Lincoln March. That yeah. They done really good with him. Uh, what little Gordon was in, it was really good. And then they had like, was it three different Robins in different stages of their career? Yeah, like, Damien was there for a little bit. I think um, which one's Red Robin? I think that, he was there for like one scene. One was that scene. Tim Drake. Yeah, no, was that Jason Todd? I don't remember. No, oh, yeah. Drake's uh, Nightwing, ain't he? No, that's Dick Grayson. That's Dick okay, Grayson. so yeah, then that was. There's a lot yeah. of Robins, man. I can't keep them straight. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was weird too that you know Damien's his son, and he's the he's the Robin right now, and he's barely in this story. I guess they didn't want you know Bruce punching a tooth out of a little kid's face. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's also yeah. from the League of Assassins. I mean, that's that's Razzle Ghoul's daughter's yeah son, whatever. But yeah, no, it's Tim Drake. And he's Red Robin. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, I uh, no, go ahead, Josh. Uh, I was just going to say on a character that kind of I really you know I get a kick out of some of the less important stuff was uh, Harvey Bullock, the this the old grizzled. Not surprised about anything detective anymore. I, I liked his interaction with Batman. You know, he's just completely not surprised about stuff. And, you know, he's just accepted that Batman knows everything and is going to show up at the most random times. And he's like, yep, there's Batman. And his first words to Batman was like, oh, you're back to hiding in the shadows again? Yeah, What are you faced by? It? Uh, yeah, I got a kick out of Harvey. I thought he had some good, uh, good interactions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, I thought that the best character stuff was the was the introduction of the owls and the way they yeah. portrayed them. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, but we got just enough to understand what they're doing, but not enough that they stop being en- 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 enigmatic and scary and really creepy. I thought that was a really good balance, the way they did that. Yeah. All right, if we're done with the graphically novel triangle, do you all want to move on to the awards? Yeah, let's do the awards. All right. Best cover. What do you got? There's a right answer here, by the way, guys. I have two. I had a really hard time picking from. Issue three of the regular is my favorite. Okay, which one's issue three? Remind me. Because you didn't get the right answer. <laughs> it's the one where him and uh, Talon are stabbing each other. Okay, yeah, that, that is a good one. Yeah. And then uh, my second pick is the variant cover. I also picked one from a variant cover. Oh, I didn't look at those. And uh, the issue one of the variant cover is really good because it's it's Batman standing in the front with the the moon behind him, uh, bats flying around him, and with uh, all the like the the little villains at his feet, and then Talon standing beside him with owls. Okay, was, I, 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 I did, yeah, I didn't look at any of the, of the variant ones. Let's go back and look at those. Well, you got the wrong answer then, Jamie, because the right answer was variant number two. I will have to go look at those. The variants were one. Yeah, I think the variants were better than the. The issue covers, the variant covers, were, I think, were better, honestly. 
Well, I'll look at next time. Next time I'll make sure I check those out. But I, I picked uh, issue number six, and that's the one where Batman is like half owl, and he's oh, all yeah. yeah. It's it's so creepy. Hook. Yeah, I, I picked that one. That was my runner-up cover, Jamie. Yeah, uh, of the uh, of the non-variant ones, the regular ones. I think that was the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, next order is best panel. Josh, you go first. Let's wake up. Okay, I got panel. It's uh, page 48. It's when uh, Talon kicks him out of the top of the tower and uh, he catches onto that hidden gargoyle in the middle of the building and he's just standing there looking down. Doing his Batman pose. Yeah. Like that was just for me. I can't, like, that's Batman. I know he doesn't have his costume on, but really, that's the real person there in the story is Batman, not Bruce Wayne. And I thought that just really shined through on me. All right, Sam, what you got? Okay. Mine's in the very beginning. It's page eight. It's the full page because it's all one one panel. It's all the villains standing there, and it's got him like smiling at the bottom. It's good to be home. For some reason about that, it caught me. It's like, I like that. That was a good one. Well, mine was much further in. It's on page 101, and it's the combinations of panel seven and eight. And that's the one where Batman has his that one, the first time we see his one red rimmed eye. That's all bloodshot. Oh, yeah. And I and I and that was the like the moment where I was like, Batman's not in control. You know, it's just a, it's just such a memorable image. I think it, for me, it's the most memorable image from the entire story. Yeah, Jamie, that might be the right answer. I think it probably is. It's, it's yeah, it's that's a good one. I hurt to admit that, didn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go first on the next one. It's a best fight, and I've got a runner up here. I, I had a little bit of trouble with this one, um, but I'm gonna go with um, the entirety of issue six. <laughs> and that's where Batman, Batman fights his way out of the maze by taking out the Talon. Because that, that whole issue is pretty much just a fight scene between him and the Talon. Yeah. And I love his special. My favorite part of the fight, though, is when Batman punches him into the model room. And they're fighting like Godzilla and Mothra through, you know, <laughs> tiny Gotham. Looks great. Oh, yeah. Sam, you got a best fight? Down. That, that's my favorite fight scene is when Batman is fighting talon on the model and it's exactly what i got wrote in my notes is just like a godzilla movie they're tearing <laughs> through the city <laughs> that's exactly what i wrote down awesome. so i agree with you on that one it's like a group together or something josh are you family yeah. too my notes say talon in labyrinth that was that was the fight man uh, if i had to pick one specific part i would say when he gets tired of hearing the talon talk and he's just like just shut up and he punches him and and really you start seeing him get back into it it's when he turns into the big, huge Hulk thing. Yeah. Hulk back. Exactly. Yeah, the, the LSD fight scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right, so best character. I, I, I thought this was kind of hard. Uh, Sam, what do you got on best character? So I've done best character and then best non-Batman character because obviously my favorite character is Batman. Yeah. So okay. that, that's the one I picked. And then my non-Batman character, I picked Nightwing. Because I like we talked about earlier, I like how he how he talks to Batman. He, he's he's point blank. He gets he gets his point across. Like he, he don't he don't sugarcoat it for him. He tells him how he feels. That's why I like Nightwing. And he punches him in the face if he has to make that before to do it for the point. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think so, I'm the punching. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I, I'm I'm sorry. I thought we'd flip back over to Batman. All right, Josh, best character. What you got? Uh, uh Batman, of course, is number one, and then uh. I tipped my hat a little bit earlier when I said Harvey Bullock. He was my favorite runner-up to Batman. I've got one that made a, a had a very small like amount of like panels that she was in, 
But um, it was the little girl owl, that one that they get to come down and decide his fate. Yeah. I just thought, man, that was so just creepy. And yeah, so, oh. she, so she got best non-Batman character for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our last segment on the show is Cast It. And that's where we decide if this was made into a movie, who would we cast in this movie? Who wants to go first? Why don't you start us off, Jamie? All right. Um, so uh, I cast eight people for this movie, and one of them I had to make up because you got to adapt stuff when you make it into a movie. Um, so for Batman, I cast Jensen Ackles from Supernatural because mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a guy like who physically looked the part, but also could do like the I'm freaking out in the labyrinth thing. And I think he could do a good job on that. And we can dye his hair. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And so for Nightwing, I went with Stephen Amell, the guy that plays Arrow. Oh, yeah, kinda, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, kind of got the sidekick look, but also kind of has a punchable face. Like, I could really see that dude getting punched to get that tooth <laughs> out of there. And he's got that little whiny kind of acting going on with it. He can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then for Robin, I went with Finn Wolfhard. Uh, he's the guy that plays Mike on Stranger Things. I could oh, see him yeah. being, yeah, yeah, I could see him being a snotty Damien. Yeah. And then for Alfred, I'm with Mads Mikkelsen from Rogue One. Thought he could do a really good sort of like I'm um, um, there's more going on. That's a different kind of Alfred that's in this story. Yeah, uh, more more of the I used to be a spy before I was a butler type guy. <laughs> and then uh, for the talent, I want Carl Urban to be the guy really? in that arm. Yeah, I, uh, that would work. That's a good that's a good choice. He, he's, he's a, a big person. physically imposing dude. Yeah. And then so I wanted there to be like there's not there's like there's a whole big collection of owls. There's not like one chief owl. I felt like if we're making it to a movie, there would have to be like one chief owl that they'd interact with. And so I want Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, to yeah. be the chief owl. I think he could pull off that creepy thing, you know, villain thing going on. Yeah, he does creepy really well. And then for the little girl owl, I want Millie Bobby Brown, Eleven from Stranger Things, to be the oh, creepy yeah. little girl owl. Yeah. And, and then my last... So. Yeah. And so my last one is I want um, Commissioner Gordon to be played by Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. I want to see him be a Commissioner Gordon. You know that could work. I can see it. You can. You can picture it, can't you? Put yeah, him in the I, trench I really coat, can. give him the yeah. hat. Yeah. All right, who wants to go next? Sam. I will next. That's fine. So the guy I picked for Batman will be a terrible Bruce Wayne. <laughs> terrible Bruce Wayne. But I think he would kill it as Batman. I picked Gerard Butler. From 300. Okay. Leonidas. So what my, my theory behind this was, when he was fight, fighting Talon or a villain or whatever, you remember when he kicked Talon through the wall? Mm. So when he kicked Talon through the wall, he could have screamed, this is Gotham, instead of this is Sparta. <laughs> <That'd be like laughs> <perfect. laughs> you know? This is Batman losing it like that. Okay. I see that. So then, uh, I didn't do uh, Robin. I done a Nightwing. Okay. It's kind of off the wall, but I picked uh, Zac Efron. Have you seen him in uh, Baywatch or that uh, The Neighbors, where the fraternity thing? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he's got the the physical build to do it. I think. I'd love to see Gerard Butler punch him in the face. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Let's knock his teeth out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then I picked uh, for Gordon. I got two picks. I had a really hard time with it. This is where my older actors come in. So I picked Charlton Heston from Planet of the Apes. Hmm. 68 Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston. All right. And then the top for, Walker actor, 
modern actor, I picked Sean Bean. I think he could do it. I uh, know, but we want him to live. <laughs> that's, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> like, if I picked Sean Bean, he'd probably die in like the first page. Yeah, we can't have Gordon dying. <laughs> he fell off the, the roof and turned from the light. <laughs> 20 minutes of screen time and he's out. Alrighty. Okay, All right, then, uh, then for Talon, I don't know how to pronounce his last name properly, but it's Alexander Sagard. He's the guy who played the new Tarzan movie. Okay, yeah. 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 He's from True Blood also. Yeah, yeah, kind of a real athletic guy. I could see him yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I done another kind of older pick for that guy also for talent. So if we go back in time, I'd pick uh, Brad Pitt from Troy. He could okay. be talent. I thought. I see that. Okay, and then uh, uh, for Alfred, I picked Alfred. I picked uh, Patrick Stewart. I could see him being like the a British guy. Him or Ben Kingsley. Okay. The Ben Kingsley guy. He played the. Uh, Mandarin in Iron Man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he that that's a good choice there. I hadn't thought about him. Yeah, I think he works real good for Alfred. Which one? Kingsley. Yeah, that that, that that's my first choice. But I put Patrick Stewart because he's got the voice. He's bald. He's really old. You know, he he, he, could, do the, <laughs> he, he, he could do the Alfred. <laughs> by that by that qualification, I could play Alfred. You're not old. <laughs> you don't have the British accent. <laughs> That's what I always. That's how I picture uh, Alfred talking with the British accent for some reason. I don't know why, but that's, that's how I picture it. And like, man, uh, Patrick Stewart's voice was what would lead me towards him. And all I right, think Josh. That's all I done. No, okay. Well, I'm I'm with Sam. I went in the time machine a little bit on this for a Batman. I wanted to do a mid twenties uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> I know. Sam. But dude, if you pictures him back in the twenties, he definitely could pull off the Bruce Wayne look. He looks like a human drawn by Greg Capullo. <laughs> he does. He's got the face. I'm telling you. Uh, so that would be my Batman pick. Uh, and then uh, for Alfred, I went a little bit off the wall. I went Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi? Are you yeah. making a comedy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm well, doing a uh, Adam West uh, Batman. Uh, no, I was trying to struggle with somebody for uh, Alfred. Oh, I, was, struggling. I was drawing a blank on that. So we're going to skip over my Alfred pick there. Uh, for Commissioner Gordon, I said J.K. Simmons, and then I realized he played Commissioner Gordon. In <laughs> I kind of completely forgot. I'm like, dude, that would be perfect. And then I realized why it was a perfect match is because I had saw him as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, so then, uh, I thought, uh, I thought uh, older Harrison Ford like a current Harrison Ford could probably pull that off. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that one I thought was a little better. Uh, for Nightwing, I went with a Dave Franco, the baby Franco. I think oh. he's kind of got that, you know, little bit whiny kind of look to him. Again, you want to punch him in the face. Yeah, I could see that. And for Talon, uh, I don't know that the physical build's right, but when Talon was unmasked uh, on the uh, stretcher in the back booth, I was I was picturing Adrian Brody. Hmm. Yeah, have you seen the Predators? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, discovered the weight room for that movie. I could see like uh, Predators era Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. Yeah. And then uh, for Harvey Bullock, because I had to throw one in there, uh, back to my comedy thing, I threw uh, Jack Black in there for Harvey Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> 
version of this you know nobody else is going to pay money to watch this but it's going to be entertaining you know as batman's go this is a scary batman not a comedy batman yeah i wouldn't have picked um anybody to go in that direction uh, (laughs) all right yeah Yeah, we're done you got anything else so before we go any last words yeah i got one thing uh you remember uh, when Batman is fighting the Talon the first time he meets him and he's choking him? And he says, you can crush a windpipe with seven pounds of pressure. I'm applying a hundred. Was he just trying to straight kill somebody? I just wanted to bring that up. You know, I think Batman wrote that scene. Than he claims to be. Oh, it's a great novel. I recommend everybody read it. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you next time.